Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. And yes, you are hearing my voice. I am one half of this dynamic duo, Trey Downey, even though Lynn Martez said I wouldn't be back after last week. But I'm back, and he's back as well. That's the one and only Lynn Martez. What's up, man? I had to pull strings, chump. Don't get cute, man. I had to pull strings to get to make sure that you know SB Nation didn't want to get rid of you because you're promoting stuff that has nothing to do with SB Nation. Don't start again. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, we're in the off season Tell now. The folks, really don't have, really Tell don't the folks have anything who we're going to talk about. See. You're, you knew that I was going to go there, and then this is just going to make me look like I'm a, I'm uh, obeying orders from you or something like that. Oh, you can't. Well, people, oh, okay, so so you can only obey orders from one person? Who am I obeying orders from? Chelsea Downey, that's who. You can follow Lynn on Twitter <laughs> yeah. at Elmar. You better go over that real quick. <laughs> you, can, you, can follow, you can follow myself on Twitter at TD Experience. And you can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Amazon Music, hit that subscribe button. You will get the podcast uh, downloaded to your preferred listening device whenever it comes up. You'll get that notification. You won't even have to go searching for it. And it helps us and it helps more people find the podcast when now i'll tell the people what they what we are going to talk about today we're going to preview this weekend's matchup the bucks back in action after a bye week against the washington football team and a rematch of wild card weekend last season and then we will look at the free agent signings from this week in the nfl obj going to an nfc contender and cam newton comes home and then we will look ahead to this weekend's nfl schedule the rest of the slate and i'll ask you with all of these crazy up upsets is there any team in the nfl that you can really trust because i've got some serious trust issues with the entire nfl right now lynn but we'll start with the bucks versus the washington football team one o'clock on sunday taylor heineke is still the quarterback it is not the reunion with Ryan Fitzpatrick that we all uh, kind of expected it to be when the schedule originally came out. But Heineke played well against the Buccaneers last year in the playoffs, and that kind of earned him a deal to return to the Washington football team. And let's be honest, hasn't gone his way, hasn't gone that entire football team's way. Both you and I, I believe, uh, even though you you uh, once the season rolled along, you become higher and higher on the Cowboys. But I believe in our preseason episode, we both thought that the Washington football team would win that division. Their defense has not been what any of us uh, have expected. But on the other side of that, the Bucks are coming off of a bye week, but they're still very banged up. Antonio Brown is out. Rob Gronkowski is out. Bruce Arians confirmed both of those today. And then Chris Godwin is going to be a game time decision. So yes, the Washington defense isn't as good as we expected it to be, but the Bucks are missing three important pass catchers on Sunday. Two. Definitely well, two. Yeah, definitely two, maybe three with Godwin yeah. being a game time decision. Yeah, well, trust that I'm going to correct you when you're wrong. There's your trust issue solved. Um, 
Let's see how many times I have to correct you from calling them the skins today. <laughs> WFT, baby. Washington football team. By the way, that team is two and six. And they scored a touchdown in each of their last three games. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about listen, getting healthy is the most important thing for this team right now, even even with playing on Sunday and even with the upsets that we watched last week, where teams like the Broncos and the Giants and the Jags all pull, all pulled off upsets against teams when that we were, saw last night too. Yeah, no, and teams that were in first place, and that includes that includes the start of Week Ten with with uh, with what happened last night in in Miami with the the Dolphins beating the Ravens. But that's a whole other subject because I can go on a, I can go on a real diatribe about what the Dolphins did against Lamar Jackson and, and, and maybe creating um, a blueprint as far as beating the Ravens are concerned. But besides that, back to the Bucks, back to the opponent on Sunday, who again struggles to, struggles to score. And because of that, I'm not concerned with the fact that this team will be missing Gronk and AB again. And Again, you get another week, and I like I said, any given Sunday, things can happen. But you're coming off a bye. You're an experienced football team with the greatest quarterback in our history of the NFL, in the history of the NFL. And because of that, I'm expecting them to be as ready as they are any other Sunday. And if they play up to their capabilities, this game won't be close because – we're talking about a team that's putting up 20 to the high 20s in first half in games. They've scored as many as 35 in one first half. Granted, it was at home first, the Chicago Bears. But I just told you that the Skins... Ah! There's there you one. go. One. <laughs> one. The Washington football team struggles to score throughout the whole game. And four times this, this year, they've scored one touchdown in a game that's second worst in the nfl the only other team that's worse are the houston texans so we're You're talking- not beating the bucks seven to six no of course not and because of that like i said and you just mentioned it before in, in the opening in regards to the washington football team's defense not playing up to what we expected them to play when the season started and they fostered some bad football teams themselves so i mean the Kansas City Chiefs are a threat in regards to, you know, being slightly better than an average team and having all the weapons that they have. But, I mean, green, I mean, Washington lost to Kansas City. And uh, they've lost to some bad teams beyond. besides that. Man, I'm not worried about Sunday, man. Move on. I think what is going to be interesting is the defense and the secondary is starting to get healthier. Richard Sherman is going to be a full go this weekend. Sean Murphy Bunting returned to practice. So that is what I'm most interested in. We could be in for a big Mike Evans game, especially if Chris Godwin is out as well. And maybe the Bucks go back to uh, running the football more with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. I'm not really concerned. I don't expect Heineke to go out there and have the kind of breakout game that he did against the Bucks in the playoffs. This offense is just not 
you mentioned it. They, they're just not able to score. And you're going to have to have some – you have to have explosiveness in in your offense to be able to pull off an upset against the Buccaneers. Like when we were talking about that Chicago game and that Philadelphia game, you were talking about young quarterbacks and mobile quarterbacks in Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields who could possibly, you know, break open a big play. We're not really talking about Taylor Heineke in that, in that way. They don't have, I mean, I guess uh, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, an explosive player player, they do still have Terry McLaurin, at the wide receiver position, scary Terry. But other than that, there's really nothing that this offense does that scares me. Now, they do still have talent on that defense, especially on the defensive line. So if you're able to get to Tom Brady or force a turnover or two, maybe it's something, but I don't really expect it. I think that the Bucs should win this game pretty handily. I believe the prediction I put out there on BucsNation.com was 30 to 10 Buccaneers. I don't uh, see this one being fairly close. I think the Bucks cover, uh, I think I saw at one point the line was nine and a half. It might've moved even, even steeper than that. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bucks cover easily on Sunday against Washington. You can talk about the Washington football team as much as you want. You can, and you can talk about McLaren and, and, and granted when he does get a hundred yards, it's, it, that team is two and one. But for me, it's about, it's about the Bucs. It's about what they're capable of doing, no matter who they're playing. Beyond that, this team is 5-1 and one after losses with Tom Brady at quarterback. Again, it's about the Bucs. The average margin of victory in those five wins after a loss with Brady is almost 16 points. And that's against decent competition. They're not playing decent competition on Sunday. They're just not. And God bless Ron Rivera, but he's going to be losing his hair because he he coaches a very bad football team that is very limited offensively, even with the guys that you may mention. And let's face it, as good as Taylor Heineke looked in that wild card game, he's still a backup in this league. You're not supposed still to Taylor lose. Heineke. You're not supposed to lose to a backup when you have the greatest quarterback of all time. Although, although bring up one Trevor Simeon. Although, but he came in the middle of the game, and that's more about game planning, and it's more about what that what the Saints do. But besides that, I mean, that in itself should inspire the Bucks. Yeah, that in itself, the fact that they lost to Trevor Simeon, who came in in the second quarter and led a couple of drives in the second half, I believe five scoring drives, that in itself should inspire this team to again move to six and one after a loss with Tom Brady at quarterback. Let me say it again Tom Brady is your quarterback. And they sat home on Sunday and they watched. The Cowboys lose. They watched the Rams lose. They watched the Packers lose. All those the teams. Bills, yeah. I'm talking about the NFC, but yes, NFC, the Bills yeah, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking in reference to teams that had one loss on Sunday in the NFC that were ahead of the Bucks, and they lost to lesser competition. 
That's not supposed to happen this week if you watch those games last week. It's just not. You got, I mean, you, you got to be ready, especially coming off a of bye week. Come on, dude. You watch the Cowboys lose to the Broncos, and you watch, and you watch the Bills lose to the Jags, and you think the, the, the Bucs are going to come out with a stinker against a stinker no. football team? No. They, I mean, he, that, you just watched it. You just watched it for a week. So, and again, they get an opportunity, although the Cardinals are still 8-1 and one, with one loss, they get an opportunity to stay in the mix for home field and getting that first round by. And then the Saints losing also uh, helped out the Bucks in terms of the division race uh, last week as well. You want to talk about disappointments on Washington. I think one of the bigger ones has to be Chase Young, who a lot of us thought could really step up and be, you know, that elite pass rusher. We're halfway through the season. I get only eight games through the season for Washington, but he has one and a half sacks. Still a young player, but... Yeah, but to, to, to his defense, when you're Chase Young, <laughs> you're getting chipped by a tight end. You're getting chipped by one of There's a focus, okay? When... When and I, and, I, and I will say Mont- Montez Sweat on that defensive line has four sacks and Jonathan Allen, who's a defensive tackle on that team, has six sacks. So you want to know why? Because when, when teams, offensive teams, offensive coordinators that play the Washington football team are preparing for that week, they may circle Mont- Montez Sweat. They may circle Jonathan Allen. But they are highlighting Chase Young, and they are focusing on getting that man chipped and blocked. Trust me, that's how it works. That's how it works. He's the difference maker on that defense. And because of it, if we slow him down, we got a shot. I mean, to move the football, I should say, not to win the football game, because all you got to do is score 14 points, and you'll beat, you'll beat the Washington football team. Which I think the Bucks will still score more than that, even with – uh, their injury struggles. Uh, part of the reason why I kind of think Godwin is going to be out on Sunday is that the Bucks brought back a form- familiar face this week. Brashad Perriman oh, is. You playing, you playing doctor now? No, I'm just inferring based on the signings that we they made. We don't infer, man. We go with facts. We go with you facts. bring in. You bring in Darren Fells and Rob Gronkowski is out. So you bring in Perriman. And I'm expecting that Godwin is going to be out. We will see what happens. But beyond that, what do you think of the the depth guys that the Bucks brought in uh, to possibly, you know, I guess kind of quell some of these uh, injury concerns in bringing in Fells, former Detroit Lion, and then Perriman, who uh, had some success here with the Buccaneers, uh, did not pan out uh, like the Jets wanted him to after signing in free agency. Uh, what do you think of bringing those guys back? I mean, it's, it's a matter of having having the depth uh, in regards to potential need, but I won't read too much into it. I I read more into it from a tight end standpoint than than the wide receiver standpoint because you're talking about you're talking about Bray and Howard as opposed to thinking to thinking of. Let's take Godwin out. Even uh, let's take your, your inferring and take Godwin out. Mike Evans, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Looks like Scotty Miller is going to be back. Scotty Miller may be back. 
So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, that's, that may be a point where you might see a whole lot of two tight end offense. <laughs> yeah. You might see a whole lot of two tight end offense. And not that it's a Something bad thing. Brady's ve- very familiar with. Yep. And not that it's a bad thing because when you play a two tight end offense, you're, you have an offense that is slightly unpredictable because you would think, you would think the focus would be to run the football. But if you have the mismatches with OJ Howard, and Cameron Bray, you may use it to throw the football to tight end offense. And as you mentioned, Brady's accustomed to it when he was in Miami, when he was in New England. So I would, I would think, I would think if Godwin is out, the potential pyramid moving up from the practice squad could take place on Sunday. But even if it doesn't, I think you're okay at wide receiver. And again, like I said, again, you might see some two tight end offense on Sunday. And if you do, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to run the football. But if they did run it 35 times, I'm good with that because yeah. I'll say it again. The Bucks choose to be ranked in the lower half when it comes to running the football in the NFL. They choose. You want to know why? Because you got, you got the front runner for the MVP as your quarterback. That's why. They can run it if they wanted to run it. They can run it 25, 30 times, and they've done it a couple of games, but they can run it as much as they wanted to do it successfully. But they choose to put the ball in the air and put the ball in the hands of clearly the, the, the favorite right now, nine weeks in, to win the MVP. You know what's crazy about that is Brady's coming off of his worst game of the year, and he just doesn't play. And because of the way that everyone else played last week, He's back to being the favorite for well, for MVP. Yeah, but he's had a, he's had equity, dude. I mean, dude, no, no, no. I'm I'm with I'm with. I understand you, what you're like, saying. But, but if gonna... that, but that's that's kind of like everybody's forgetting that Brady did not play well uh, against against New Orleans. Yeah, no, it's his last, just, his last it's just pick six. <laughs> it's it's just how how short everyone's memories memories are uh, in the NFL. Kyler Murray doesn't play last weekend. Uh, we all know what's going on with what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Lamar, Josh Lamar Allen has the night he had last night. Yeah, Josh Allen, Lamar, Dak, they all lose. So Brady's Brady's right back up there in terms of in terms of being an MVP candidate. But before we talk about all the all the trust issues I'm having in the NFL right now, let's talk about the free agent signings. We talked about the Bucks free agent signings this week, but let's talk about the two uh, marquee free agent signings uh, and they both impact the Buccaneers because one is in their division and one is in uh, their conference and against a team that they lost to and a team that they will likely uh, still be competing with for home field advantage, even though they lose to a Tennessee Titans team in a game that wasn't very close uh, without Derek Henry. And that it will start with Odell Beckham Jr. He completely cleared waivers and he signs with the LA Rams. Reports were that it came down to the Rams and the Packers. And for me, Lynn, it was said that he wanted to go to a contender. He was already on somewhat of a contender in the in the Browns, and definitely they're looking more like a contender with the, the beatdown that they put on the Bengals last weekend. But 
part of his frustration in Cleveland was the lack of targets that he was getting. And that was on an offense where Jarvis Landry is still their number one receiver, but he had injury issues. They like to run the football. They like to get the ball out of the backfield to a, to a Kareem hunt. I think going into LA, you're in a situation where Cooper cup is their number one receiver. I still think that you have to consider uh, Robert Woods, their number two receiver. OBJ probably goes in there as the number three receiver. And then you have a guy in Daryl Henderson, who they like to not only run the ball with, but get the ball to him in the passing game as well. I'm not sure this is as much of a fit as OBJ might have thought it was when he uh, put put his name on the dotted line, because I'm not sure he is going to get any more targets than he was getting in Cleveland. Two things. One is you can talk about Cleveland being being a contender, but they're not the same as the Rams when it comes to being a contender. They're in they're in. Middle. I'm with you. I called them somewhat of a contender, okay, but the well, AFC is a completely different situation right now. Who's who their own trust division? In the AFC their right own division second? is an issue. I mean, there there's there. Are, you got teams. I mean, they beat up on they beat up on the Bengals. And yeah, look what happened to the but, Ravens? But before yesterday, I don't know. Before last night, we were saying how good the Ravens were. So, I mean, Cleveland's gonna Cleveland. Are they gonna win a division? I'll sit here today, November twelfth, and tell you no, they're not gonna win a division. I think they, I have more faith in them than than any of the other teams in that division right than now. The Ravens. After the way the Ravens looked last night against a bad Miami team? No, that's one game, dude. Short week, travel, one game. I mean, you can't – come on. You, I think, you, I, I th- oh, I right, think well, the Browns are my favorite right. to win that division right now. Okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad, and I'm glad that's on tape because and – And they've got two games against, against the Ravens, and they're back-to-back games for the Browns, even though their bye week is sandwiched in there. I hate that the NFL does that, but – They've still got two games coming up uh, against the against the Ravens Thanksgiving weekend and then on December twelfth. Yeah, I'm not I'm not trusting Baker Mayfield to to win in that division. As as good as that team may move forward without OBJ, with the focus on the running game because that's what they do with Chubb and Hunt. God bless them; they run the heck out of the football, and their offensive line is built that way. But I'm not counting on them to win a division. You can. That's fine. Like I said, I wouldn't. You used the word contender. Uh, contender. I'm for just a not wild card. Maybe the but, the Ravens are in a situation. The Ravens played a ton of close. Okay, I'm gonna. I, that, we'll leave that for the who can you like trust said, situation. Let's go to the OBJ thing right now. Again, uh, second thing, you can respond to. You can respond to the yeah, first yeah, as yeah, much as you want. The, the second I'm switching thing is, the topics, even though yeah, I said, let's go to this yeah. first. The second thing is when you bring up the Rams and you bring up that offense, clearly Cooper Cup is the number one yep. receiver on that football team. I don't care who you put on that football team. Take any wide receiver and put them on the Rams right now. Cooper Cup is option number one. Robert Woods is option number two. And as much as folks say, oh, you know, it's harmony in LA and you know, they're not they're not complaining about targets. I don't I don't buy it. There was a point where 
Matt Stafford made it a focus, a focus to get the football to Robert Woods. And you don't do that, Trey Downey, without some chirping in your yep. ear. So that's, that's number two. In regards to where OBJ fits on this Rams offense, don't sell Van Jefferson short. I mean, no, he's, granted, he's having somewhat of a breakout year. Granted, I mean, like I said, he's their third wide receiver, but he still averages 50 yards a game on a team that has Cooper Cup and has Robert Woods. He's their third wide receiver. They have to make it a focus to get value at OBJ. That's the bottom line. The bottom line. They can say whatever they want. But Sean McVay has to make it a focus to get OBJ the football. Otherwise, he's not getting it, dude. He's just not going to get it because Cooper Cup is winning his matchups and Robert Woods is usually winning his matchups too. So what does Stafford have to do? He's got to go to his third read or he's got to go to his first read on a play that OBJ it's the first week. That's how it works. That's the only way he's going to get the football. McVeigh has to work it so that OBJ gets the football. Otherwise, he's just another wide receiver on a football team that is very good. You do have to account for him, though. That was a big part of your argument in uh, Antonio Brown here in in uh, in Tampa Bay. Oh but- yeah, but see, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. You're right about that. But here's the thing. Cup gets the main focus. He might get the number one corner. But he gets the main focus. He may get the number one corner and the safety over the top. Woods is going to get the number two. OBJ is going to get the number three, probably get the number three. And because of that, he's going to win that matchup. But here's the thing. Stafford has to get through his reads to get to OBJ. And right now, Cooper Cup is winning every matchup. So what are you going to do? You're Matt Stafford. You go to your first read and it's Cup and he's open. You're not throwing him the football? That's crazy. That would be nuts. You're going to keep feeding Cooper Cup until he's winning those stops winning battles and defenses take him away. We got another half of the season and maybe they adjust and maybe they find ways. Maybe there's one team that gives you the blueprint of how to stop Cooper Cup. But guess what, Trey? No one has done it yet. And until they do, Matt Stafford's not coming off that first read. So Sean McVay has to make OBJ a focus to get him to football. No, I'm with you. And I don't think that this, I don't think that this makes the Rams any worse. I just don't think that it really makes them that much of a better football team. Agreed. And, I agree. And you talk and you talk about. You talk about you know what made him a better football team? You know what made him a better football team? The other side. Von Miller. And people can yeah. talk and people can we, talk we, about we didn't even get into that. Yeah. yeah. But people can talk about how oh he's not the same Von Miller. No, he's not. It's 2015. It's not 2015 Von Miller, 2016 Von Miller. But you know what? He doesn't have to be that guy. Because in 2015 and 2016, he was the guy. He was the number one guy. Guess what? He's going to a Rams team where he doesn't have to be the guy. So you can get Von Miller, who's a seven and a half, eight now, because when he's an eight, he's still whipping the other guy's butt. 
who's playing him because you got so much focus on Aaron Donald. I mean, that's just how it is. And as it is now, Trey, they're eventually going to line up Aaron Donald on a tackle. So he's going to line up against... Who's who's blocking Vaughn? Well, that's the thing. A tight end, a running back? That's the thing. You're going to have Aaron Donald lined up as a defensive end and at that standpoint Von Miller is going to be on his shoulder going to be on his right shoulder and you got a left tackle or a right tackle blocking Aaron Donald and then it's like okay well who's blocking that beast right there bigger bigger deal having Von Miller on his football team than OBJ hands down and I talked about the, the Rams offense not playing well against the Titans and they only scored 16 points. Cooper Cup still had 11 catches for 95 yards in, in that game. Uh, so. uh, yeah. Glad you brought that up because you mentioned trust issues. I got a trust issue. And only because I haven't seen it yet. But when it comes to the Rams, they have a quarterback that is very talented and is very good. And it's having a good, if not great, year this year on a team that's seven and two. But he looked bad on Sunday night. And you know what we don't know about Matt Stafford? If he can win in January, we don't know that yet. I don't care how good this football team is. Guess what matters most? Who's taking those snaps? That's the guy that has the football in his, in his hands. And if he has a bad football game, if he has a bad game, he has one bad game in January, they're done. They're done because he did it on Sunday night. The Titans didn't do anything. Ryan Tannehill had less than 200 yards. The Titans defense won that football game with the help of Matt Stafford. <laughs> and it was and it was base and it was basically over in like two plays. The spin in the end zone where he wasn't even looking and it turned into the the interception. That was uh very Jameis Winston, Tampa Bay Buccaneers esque. Uh, let it go, dude. Bay Buccaneers. I was just comparing it, it to two what, years what ago. It rem- Let it go. What it, what it what it reminded me of, but yeah, uh, it's. I mean, but this Rams team did win in January with Jared Goff, so we'll we'll see what. That's fine. I'm telling you. Well, let me ask you: Have you seen Matt Stafford win in January? Because I haven't. I mean, the one. What, what's he played in one playoff game? And it was that game against the Cowboys, which the Lions should have won that game. It was a horrible, horrible penalty call on that game. But uh, yeah, I mean, haven't done it yet, Trey. This, I mean, the, the yeah. answer is no. He hasn't done it yet. And I'm not saying he can't do it because every guy has to have that first moment. Every quarterback sure. has to have that first moment. But here's the thing: he's going. He may be going up against guys that have already had those moments. Dak has already had that moment. Tom Brady's had multiple moments just here in Tampa Bay as it is. So Dak, how many of those moments has Dak really, really had? He's had, I mean, he's had one. He's had one. Okay. Okay. Now, now here's the thing. Your boy Kyla obviously hasn't had that moment in the playoffs. I'm I'm with you, but I'm just, I was just saying, I was just saying comparing Bay. I was I mean, no, no, got, no Green Bay for sure. I'm saying those five saying, teams. Those are the five was, top teams, dude. I was saying comparing. I didn't think 
I wouldn't take when talking about guys who have had a ton of playoff success. I'll give you Brady and Rodgers every day, twice on Sundays, but throwing Dak in that is having being this playoff phenomenon. No, it's not a playoff phenomenon. It's a matter of (sighs) being able to say I've sniffed the playoffs and I know what it is to prepare that week. That's what it's about. And to go into that game and to go into that game, knowing you've won before. Matt Stafford goes into a playoff game right now with zeros in the win column. I'm not knocking him, but I've yet to see. You brought up trust issues, dude. That's my no, trust yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you. my trust issue. Matt Stafford has not won in the playoffs. And I watched him Sunday night. And I'm like, dude, you are losing this game on your own. Because again, I'll say it again. What did the Titans do offensively? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, you could have a game. If the Titans had Derrick Henry and he rushed for a buck 50, and Tano had his usual <laughs> 97 yards with a game that Derrick Henry dominates, then I would say, hey, look, that's Titans football, man. That's what they do. But that's not how the game was. No. The Titans won the football game on the back of their defense, which they don't often do. And because of that, like I said, Matt Stafford may go into a playoff game. I'm not saying he's, it's definite. I'm not going to tell you that he's definitely going to stink it up in the playoffs, but he may go into a playoff game and have that type of game he had on Sunday. And, especially, if, he, and if he does, they're going to lose. Especially if they have to go on the road, if they don't win that division, if, uh, if Arizona keeps winning. But before we talk about who we can trust in the NFL right now, Let's talk about Cam Newton returning home to the Carolina Panthers. The signing was made official on Thursday. He is not going to play this weekend. P.J. Walker looks like he is going to start against the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday. But it's a very interesting sign. Cam Newton, obviously, things didn't go well with the Patriots. He didn't play well last year. Uh, with New England, and this year Mac Jones beat him out for the starting position. He wasn't vaccinated. That went into the likely went into the Patriots situation as far as releasing him. He is vaccinated now, so he is going to be able to suit up next week if that is what the Panthers decide to do. And starting him over PJ Walker, uh, maybe I'm completely disrespecting Cam Newton. Lynn, you can tell me if I am. But I don't know in 2021, is Cam Newton a significant upgrade over what the Panthers have had at their quarterback position this year, whether it was Darnold or what we might get out of uh, P.J. Walker, who Matt Rule is very familiar with from his days at, uh, at Temple? It's a legitimate question. The question is legit because of what, what we've seen of Cam the last couple of years. I mean, I, I would think I can hope that he plays well. I mean, I like the story. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie that I like the story. The fact that he went back to Carolina, went back to Charlotte, a place that he co- still calls home that he did, he, he, he did most of his damage or if not all of his damage in the NFL. When I say damage, I mean, damage in a good way. I mean, the guy won an MVP mm-hmm. in 2015, led a team to 15 to one to a Super Bowl. I mean, he's he's revered in 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 Charlotte, and 
not that you're wishing an injury on Sam Donald, but it's it, it's it's pretty it's pretty perfect situation for him to get back into the league. And when I say him, I mean Cam Newton because there weren't a whole lot of jo- jobs jumping out to Cam, and he gets one again in the city that he's extremely familiar with, still lives in, is still well liked, and he gets to play with a football team that. The I mean, fans he, here in Charlotte were clamoring for it. And, and like I said, it's a good story, and I hope him success. But back to your question in regards to if it's a big up, upgrade from Sam Donald, I don't think so. I will say this much. I think Sam is done in, in Carolina. I'm with you. I think he's done, dude. I, um, I wanted it to work out based off of the issues that he had in New York and the, the lack of coaching that he got in New York and the lack of support, I mean, from a from a offensive roster standpoint, the lack of support he got there. And I mean, granted, they had Le'Veon Bell, didn't even know how to use Le'Veon Bell. You can question whether or not Le'Veon Bell still had anything left when he left Pittsburgh, whatever. But yeah, I, I wanted Sam to work out. And I think that, Based off of what we watched the last couple of weeks, especially this past week, and the dissension that that offense had with him running it, I think he's done. And you didn't bring Cam in here for the amount of money you're going to pay him to not see if he can be your starting quarterback. Not to I say. I was going to ask you: Do you think it's a given that he starts uh, against Washington in ten days? Or here's the weird thing. The obvious answer should be yes. But after what we've watched in the NFL the last couple of weeks, I mean, who knows? P.J. Walker may pull off a Mike White. and end If up- they beat Arizona, can you can you re- this weekend, can you really go to camp depends if P.J. Up, plays d- well? D- d- depends on if Walker plays well. Like I said, you know, if, if Walker pulls off a Mike White where he throws for 350 and – couple of TDs and no interceptions and Bobby Anderson's happy and they're hugging instead of, uh, you know, fighting on the sidelines, then, I mean, Rule has a good decision to make. The thing that I would tell you is if Walker does play that well, I, as a head coach, would not turn to Cam Newton because I don't know what I'm going to get out of him. He hasn't played this year. He hasn't played this year and I had a quarterback that just threw for 350, three TDs and no interceptions, and we won, and we're trying to make a wild card push, and you want me to risk that push by just playing camp? I tell him to be ready. Get him ready. But if Walker goes out and balls out on Sunday and they win, I, I'm, not, I'm not turning to camp. I don't care how many people want to turn, turn to him in Bank of America Stadium. You can't because Walker balled out and you won, and you're trying to win football games. Because if you put him in there against the Washington football team and he stinks it up, then what? Then what? Yeah. You brought him in there, he stinks it up, you're going to play him again the next week and you ruin, your, cha- and you ruin your chances for, 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 for Walker to continue to play well, right? Plays well against one team, you take him out and then, then you, you got to go back to him. And not only that, but you ruin your chances for making a wild card. I mean, anything could happen. We, we're watching it. You know, you and your trust issues. 
Well, there's a reason why you got trust issues because in the NFC, I mean, it's topsy-turvy when it comes to the divisions, let alone the wild cards. So, so Carolina has a shot like anybody else. If they, get, if they get one of those two quarterbacks to play well, you ride that quarterback out the whole season. 100% because right now you're, you're in a situation where the second wild card still belongs to the Saints and they're five and three. Atlanta has the third wild card at four and four and Carolina's a half game back of them at four and five. So it really is a battle. And those teams are going to play each other. And it looks, and it looks like probably two of those three teams make it unless you're going to go towards a Seattle team who's getting Russell Wilson back this weekend. Yes, they're three and five, but when you're talking about uh, a wild card where you could possibly get in with eight wins, maybe, maybe an eight and nine team gets that third wild card. I wouldn't put it past uh, Russ to be able to do that. And that's, I'm going to segue into that. I'm going to talk about the, the issues in trusting a team and what I'm most excited to watch this Sunday in the NFL. And you're talking about a team in the Green Bay Packers who are likely to get Aaron Rodgers back this Sunday uh, against a Seattle team who are going to get Russell Wilson back. Jordan Love did not play well last week. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are another team that's kind of toying with your emotions a little bit. They, that's another game I'm interested in this weekend, them against the Raiders in a, in a game that could put Kansas City back into a, a wild card situation, maybe even in the division lead, depending on what happens with, with the Chargers. But Seattle, to me, is a team that I'm watching, and I want to see if we're going to be able to trust them with Russell Wilson as a team that could possibly get hot down the stretch of the season and make a run at the playoffs. Because just two weeks ago, you and I were talking on this podcast when Minnesota played Dallas on Sunday night, and we were circling that game as a game for Minnesota where Minnesota could kind of step up and put their stamp on saying, okay, these wildcard teams are topsy-turvy. We are going to cement ourselves. We belong in that conversation. They lose to Dallas, and then they lose to the Ravens in overtime. And now they're three and five. And if you're asking me at the right now, Seattle with Russell Wilson, can I trust them more than the Saints with Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill? Can I trust them more than the Panthers with their quarterback situation? Atlanta's roster is Atlanta's roster. I think Seattle, no. if if Russ plays well, no. could could no. could steal one of those final wild card spots. No. I listen. I I will be the first to tell you that. Yeah, it matters that who's taking those snaps and Russell's better than the guys that you mentioned. There's one guy that's playing really well, and people people slowly but surely kind of recognizing that fact, and that's Matt Ryan. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Matt Ryan's been balling, man. He's been balling, and, and he was a, the NFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week. And with all the changes that they have had since he won his MVP, what does he continue to do? Win, stay healthy, take care of the football. I mean, he does all those things. So with the exception of Atlanta, like I said, I am big on the fact that, man, I got Russell Wilson. I got him as a quarterback. But here's the thing, two things. Seattle has issues, man. They have issues. 
the offensive line is not very good. That's the reason why he got hurt. They, they, they very rarely protect him well. And in addition to that, they don't run it well. And defensively, they're a bad football team. And the second thing is, dude, look at their division. I mean, I know the Niners aren't exactly playing up to par that I expected. But the other two teams are better than Seattle. Clearly better than Seattle. I know a lot of things happened. We talked about last night. We talked about Sunday. But the Rams are clearly better than them. The Cardinals are clearly better than them. No, I'm with you. But those three NFC South teams have to play each other. That's not my point. The point is the West plays. Those two teams still play Seattle. And because of that, you're putting more losses on a team that already has five losses. And it's two games under 500. You can, you can talk about Seattle. Seattle's going to lose games, dude, to teams that they should beat because they're not very good defensively. You see, you think Seattle, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, 10-digit win seasons. And for the most part, you know what? That's what it's been because Russell has covered up a lot of things on that football team. He's covered up a lot of things because he's as good as he is. And, and I like him, but his team is not very good. And I can't see them making a run, especially with the teams that they have to play in their own division. They're two, game, they're two games under 500. I mean, the team holding the last wild card right now is 500 and only one game uh, – Seattle or Seattle's only one game back of the four and four Atlanta Falcons right now. And who knows what the, what the saints are going to be. So the, the last two wild cards, obviously one of the two wild card spots is going to either Arizona or LA, whoever doesn't win that division, they're going to have the first wild card. The other two in the NFC, who the heck knows? I'll close. Let's, let's close with this. The other game that I mentioned being interested in on, on Sunday is the Sunday night football game the Chiefs, and the Raiders. Where are you at on the Chiefs right now? And <laughs> I, I, know, I know you're still not high on them, but they've got a couple of wins. They're back to five and four. If they beat the Raiders this weekend, they're back in, uh, they're back in playoff contention. I mean, who are you, su- who, who are you super confident in, uh, in, in, the NF- or in the AFC if Pat Mahomes is coming to town that he has no chance to beat because – Maybe a couple of weeks ago, we said that we could have said the Bills, but then the Bills just lost to the friggin' Jags. No, no, you're absolutely correct when it comes to having faith in AFC teams. If you'd asked me yesterday before yesterday's game, I would have told you the Ravens. Here's the thing. You want to talk about the Chiefs and then winning two football games. Looks good in the standings. But the eye test tells me it's the same Chiefs, dude. They beat the Giants. They beat the Giants Monday night game. It's a game that the Giants could have easily won. Whatever. Then they go out and they beat Green Bay. Jordan Love's first start. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love, Jordan Love looked like he wasn't ready for the NFL. <laughs> okay. So let's be clear on that. Not to mention the fact that the Chiefs won 13 to 7 with Mason Crosby missing a 40-yard field goal and getting a 30-yard field goal blocked. There's the difference in the game, six points. And you want me 
to believe in that the Chiefs are going to make a playoff push, dude. They scored, they scored 13 points on Sunday. And in addition to that, here's the thing, too. In addition to that, see, that's a game clearly that before the game starts, you would think, even if it's – take the Chiefs out. Just in, just in terms of knowing that the Packers are playing Jordan Love in his first NFL start, you would think that the opponent – with the way they play Jordan Love, and they blitzed the heck out of him, dude. Steve Spagnola, who is basically, I'm sending four guys. I'm dropping seven. That's how he won his Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator with the New York Giants over the Patriots and Tom Brady. But you know what Spags did on Sunday? He blitzed the heck out of a rookie quarterback in Jordan Love. And Jordan Love, again, wasn't prepared for his first NFL start. But before the game, any team playing the Packers would have been like, we need to dominate the football, meaning the football has to be in our hands more than it's in their hands. Not even close. We should have the ball 35 minutes to their 25. That's not how it was on Sunday. You want to know why? Because that's not how the Chiefs play. And I don't trust them, dude. I do not, especially after the last two games. You want to tell me they won two games straight? They won two games straight against a, a backup quarterback that's not ready for the NFL, and they beat the Giants. Come on. And not to mention the fact that the Packers' special teams was as bad as it was, and they could easily score those six points, and that's the difference in the game. Well, this is going to be a very fun second half of the season. I can't remember a season where – one conference specifically the AFC me uh looks so wide open at this point there are teams hovering right around that six and two five and three five and four kind of space right now and nobody really sticks out as a favorite if the Titans still had Derrick Henry maybe they stick out but they don't so it's going to be very interesting to see how that conference plays out where it's hard to be confident in anyone and then we've been talking about all season long where there really is an upper echelon of five very good to great teams in the nfc so okay uh, let me ask you this mm -hmm. besides the cardinals because i don't want to get into that conversation because i know i don't have any trust issues with the cardinals that was a big that was a big win last week without kyler and without deandre hopkins because that's what colt, colt mccoy does yeah he he is he is, if you look around the league, he just may be the best backup quarterback in the NFL. I mean, the dude goes to Washington and wins games he's not supposed to win as a backup quarterback. He goes to New York, beats Seattle in, in Seattle in a game that, again, he's not supposed to win. And he did it on Sunday versus the Niners. In a game, granted, <laughs> the Niners aren't very good at home. I think I believe they're like one and seven or one and eight in the last two years at home, by the way, the Niners, for some reason. But anyway, Colt McCoy, that's what he does, dude. And I was I was thinking about it, I was like, man. And I know there's some talented backup quarterbacks in this league, but I'm not, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking in terms of like, like if I had to win one game, and I know this guy's been able to do it on multiple teams. And he was balling. I mean, he was like 22, 26, 22, 28. And 
And they ran the heck out of the football, the Cardinals did. But you mentioned it was a big win. But besides the Cardinals, those four other teams, who do you trust? Because you got the trust issues. Uh, right. You know, I don't really believe, you know, I don't really believe in the Cowboys. You don't believe in Dallas. Uh, the Bucks are an interesting case because yes, they proved it last year. The only thing that worries me about the Bucks is the way that they matched up with the Rams earlier this season. I think based on, I think based on what we've seen right now, I think you've got to, even though, it is what it is with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. You've got to you've got to look at the Packers because they beat the they beat the Cardinals in Arizona, and that first game of the season has proven to be fool's gold. And then the game that they the game that they lost last week, they still hold held Pat Mahomes and that offense to thirteen points, and they lost they barely lost that game without Aaron Rodgers. So I think I think right now as far as I think any of those teams could win minus the Cowboys talk those four teams that I'm Packers Rams Bucks Cardinals I think any of those teams can beat any of the other three on any given Sunday but as far as trust goes right now and what we've seen so far this season I think I only I trust the Packers the most when it comes to the Bucks here's my issue when it comes to the Bucks and you brought up the Rams whether it's the Rams or whether it's even the Packers I'll, I'll even throw Dallas in there. Until the Bucks are com- at least healthy to a standpoint of where Sean Murphy Bunting and Richard Sherman and Jamel Dean are part of your secondary. Until those guys are there, then I have issues with them playing, whether it be Dallas, whether it be the Rams, or whether it be the Packers. If they go into the playoffs, and everyone's back, including Carlton Davis. Uh, I don't have any issues. With, oh, I'm with I, you I there, too. I'm with you with there, Bucks. too. My yeah. issues are more injury-related than, than anything else when it comes to the Bucks. But here's a team that I trust, and it's kind of along the same lines that you feel. <laughs> they do whatever it takes to win. And when I say they, I mean the guy that's been taking the most heat the last couple of weeks in Aaron Rodgers. He does whatever it takes to win, Trey. He has a he has one 300 yard game this year, and they're seven and two, and they lost a game with that he didn't even play. And you mentioned the other game that they lost to the Saints, open the week in Jacksonville. So in between that, they won seven straight games, and in that seven game winning streak, the guy just literally just takes care of the football. Oh, you oh oh you you wanna you wanna drop. You, you want to drop six, seven? Oh, we'll just run it. We'll just run it with A.J. Dillon and, and, and Aaron Jones. And we'll give it to those guys 35 times. Oh, 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 oh you want to stack the box? Oh, okay, well, here's my 300-yard game. I can still throw. And he takes care of the football no matter what type of game he plays, whether they run it the way they do, whether he's, where he, whether he's, he's getting it to Aaron Jones out of the backfield, or whether he's using Devontae Adams. The dude never puts the football at risk. And you know what, Trey? When it comes to playoff football and you have a team offensively that doesn't put the ball at risk, that's a dangerous football team, dude. You got to win the turnover battles to win football games. And if your dude, Aaron Rodgers, isn't giving, when I say your dude, I mean Packer fans. If your guy isn't giving the ball away, 
you're going to win a lot of football games because <laughs> are you going to trust Matt Stafford not to give the football away the way he played on Sunday? I don't even know if I can trust Kyler Murray yet to be that guy. You know who I can? Aaron Rodgers. I can trust he's not going to give, give the football away and he's not going to risk the football. And because of that, you're going to win a lot of playoff games, dude. Packers, Seahawks on Sunday, a very intriguing game to me. How much of a boost does Seattle get from a returning Russell Wilson? But that is all after the Bucks play the Washington football team at 1 o'clock. Lynn will be back on Monday with the Monday morning extra point with Brandon Dowdy to discuss what happens in that game and the rest of the league. We will be back next week, later in the week, to discuss all of the happenings in the NFL, look back at the Bucks against Washington, and preview a Monday night football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York football Giants. He is Len Martez. Follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. I am Trey Downey. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.